This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning. We got both Glenn and Dwayne here. Dwayne, you've been on a magical mystery tour, and now today you're able to to come down here with the rest of us. Talk. Yeah, uh, via remote from Pennsylvania. You're really where in Pennsylvania are you? Matter of fact, I, I on the way to the the hotel here in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I saw a highway that says President Biden Highway. <laughs> I would oh, feel privileged. That's everybody's fault. I get it. No. <laughs> well, did you go to Intercourse, Pennsylvania yet? Not yet. You can go see Eli Lap. I need to. <laughs> Do you know who Eli Lap is? I'm waiting for somebody to know who that is. Were they what? on the talking? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like one of those Amish names. Yeah, it's an Amish name. He was one of the main characters in the movie Witness. And I've talked about, oh. I talked about it in a podcast and nobody knew what it was talking about. So I thought, well, maybe maybe I'm the only one seen that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was a great movie. Yeah, it was. It, it was. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, again, I'm, I'm trying to get Glenn to clean it up so I can get people to be able to watch it. Because for whatever reason, Kelly McGillis plops her boobs out for really no reason. It was to sell tickets. I guess yeah. so. <laughs> really to sell tickets, yeah. And you know what? I hate to say this, but they were ugly. She should have hit them. She should have kept them where they were covered. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Joke, guys. I never, this is a no live ants Tuesday. You know that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, man, the news the news is crazy right now. Um, I, I got to start it off as a lawyer just saying that I, I read the red transcript of most of, well, not say most, I'd say a good deal of, of Trump's testimony in that over supposedly overvaluating the, uh, his over, overestimating the value of his, his assets when he was getting loans that he, people volunteered, very smart people lent to him and he paid back those very smart people. He's never failed to pay them back, but they're trying to say that he got loans other people couldn't have gotten competing wise because he was lying about his assets. That's basically the, the, the trial in a nutshell. And uh, this is, you know, I'd like to hear your guys take to see from a non-lawyer standpoint, what you thought about what either you read. Did you, I don't know, did either one of you read any of the transcripts? No, I heard it was fiery and he called everybody a hack and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, uh, I did see the lawyer talk about it. Well, the first thing, the first thing I want to say about that part of it, okay, if you haven't read it, you're going to be misled by the news. I agree. Uh, They were talking like he was giving speeches for hours on end and things like that. You know, for you'd ask a yes, no question. He would go into a 30 minute answer. He was keeping his answers short. Short. From from what I've. My experience is is that it, that no matter what, if you have somebody who does not want to be controlled on cross examination, you really can't control them. You have to do your best, but 
they're going to get away. But you've got to ask yes, no questions. And just if they preach, they preach, you know, but he didn't preach. He would just not answer the question as far as he would. He, most time he wouldn't say yes, no, which that's how you how you what, what I think that I don't. The first of all, I don't think the prosecutor did a good job on that. What the prosecutor should have done or the it wasn't a prosecutor it was civil, but the uh, plaintiff, I guess, which would be New York. He should have when it, when he asked a question and Trump didn't say yes or no, he should let Trump run on and then say, is that a yes or is that a no? And make them say yes or no to your question. And then eventually it becomes obvious they're running on and on and on. So any of this run on caused by that, by the questioning, yeah, I guarantee you that the chief prosecutor here, Lewis, would have stopped it. Even Trump. You see, what I'm getting at. So, but there was not near the speeches they were acting. It was there's a few maybe, but not as bad. So I'll, I want to get that part out of the way. Glad you brought it up. What else did you notice about the coverage? Yeah, just know what do you what do you what your thoughts on what you you're on the on well, the trial? I mean, okay, here's my thoughts about the valuation. First off, people who've never had valuations don't know crap about this, and the media is stupid. Uh, the valuation is, you know, I, I, do I? If I say, okay, yeah, it's worth this much, does the bank take my damn word for it? No. Right. They don't take my word for it. They check into it. Right. And if they don't, that's on them, not me. Um, and these valuations, you're always doing it for your best advantage. For taxes, you want it low as possible. For loans, you want it high as possible. This happens all the time. It's not once in a while. It's every damn time there's a loan. The only thing the bankers give a damn about is, will you pay this back with interest? Okay. Well, so yeah. if he did that, then this is just stupid. It's right. just, a, just, just a kangaroo court. That's my opinion. Okay. Well, you made it. Did you, have you seen any of this stuff, Dwayne? Do you have anything you want to say on that? What you just said? Yeah, I, I've, I've been watching it, but I, I'm more concerned. Wait, 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 wait. Before we move on. Wait, 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 Dwayne. Hold on. Let's, let's see. Let's, let's stick with this one topic. We could finish it. Uh, are, are you on a stone? You'll be on the exact same topic. Dwayne, uh, Glenn was on. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Make sure that you're talking about the valuations. Y yes. And, and when it comes to somebody bringing me to court to discuss the valuation, I don't understand the context. Like who, who is it that's complaining that the valuation was wrong? It, it's the state of New York. And why is yeah. it a civil case? That this doesn't make any sense to me. All right, How's, how was the state of New York wrong? All right, well let's we'll, we'll get to that, but let's 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 talk about the valuations real quick. Finish that part. All right, all yeah. right. So the valuation is based upon the wild concept here in America that's really hard for people to understand, and that's the word market. Market simply means we don't have an exact price. Things fluctuate it's exactly what somebody wants to buy it for and somebody else agrees to sell it for and that fluctuates all the time even when you buy a house you propose how much you want to pay for it and the seller decides whether they accept or reject the offer or make counter offers and the money goes up and down you can say i want to sell this house for two hundred thousand dollars and you don't get a bite and you say i'll sell it for 189 and all of a sudden you have 10 offers that are within 10% of what, so there is no exact price of what any business or large dollar value thing is worth. The market is that gray fluctuation window space. And so I really don't understand 
what they're talking about. There's a price that he paid for it. He's done all kinds of improvement to it. There's a formula for calculating what is the value of something that pays in perpetuity. And that property that he has put money into has a constant stream from now to the future of income. So you can use the old concept of a perpetuity and try to calculate just how much is it worth today. So any way you want to throw numbers at it, that eighteen million is ridiculous. Right, right. It's not even close to what the property's worth. All right. So, so, and I'm only asking this because I don't want to. I don't want to sound patronizing. I just want to know for sure. Did you read any of the transcripts, or you like Glenn? You saw it mostly from the articles. No, I read articles and I watched the news um, articles on it and heard other okay, people's okay. takes on that were in the courtroom. All right. Well, I, and, and and I don't. The reason I say that is because I I want to know what where you get in your idea without you know. I'm saying if you saw the if you saw the transcript, you might have one viewpoint. If you didn't, you had another. And I just I really didn't think I was going to have time to watch it, read it. But I couldn't sleep last night, so I, that's what I did was I read transcripts. Um, which you know, again, that's just something lawyers do anyway. The, here's the here's the thing, Dwayne and Glenn, that that stood out to me that no matter what question they asked, Trump was answering with one of two basic themes: disclosure or accountants. Okay, and it occurred to me after seeing it long enough what he was doing. If you asked him, how did you come up with the initial evaluation in these loan applications? He would say. Read the disclosure and the disclosure. Apparently, I did not read the disclosure, but apparently what the disclosure is, is and so. So if I walked into a bank in New York and wanted to buy some real estate in downtown Manhattan, they would ask me to fill out an application. And the first thing they're going to want to know is, is this a serious applicant? So they're going to say, what do you own? And so you don't know how serious they are going to be to lend to you. And you don't, they don't know how serious you are either. So you put together an estimate of the value of your property. Then you disclose it. There's a disclosure on that, a a statement that says this is not for purposes of determining the value of collateral. It's determining this is only to know that we're serious buyer. Are you serious uh, customer? You see what I'm saying? And that we so, have the capability to make this purchase. Right. That you that this is serious enough for you to spend money to do the due diligence that Glenn was talking about and finding out what's the actual value of these things. And mm-hmm. so and so what Trump kept saying is you're looking at something that all courts accept as a disclosure, meaning that it's not for purposes of divide of, of, of value it's, in the it's all it's there for is to let them know this is a serious uh, customer. And even though you're not window shopping with a, a right. dreams. and you don't want to spend money unless you know the bank's serious about lending it to you. So then, then, yep. then as it gets closer and we, there, there's a, there's a concept of that with me. I, that, that's one of the reasons I kind of picked up on what was going on. It's it, the same kind of concept happens with workers comp settlements. You're, you don't, they don't have to settle workers comp. The, the uh, comp insurance company could just pay you workers comp until you die. They don't have to settle with you, but they can, they can settle with you. And it's called a lump sum settlement. And it takes a ton of money and work 
to get that done. So there's a little tap dance that we have to do with each other to find out if we're really serious. Am I going to be asking too much for my client or is the other one wanting to get rid of it for for nothing? And so you have to kind of disclose back and forth the things you can easily say. But look, we'll have and, and you'll say it every time. Look, this is subject to us getting this verified by a life care expert. But we expect it to be this. You see what I'm getting at? And you can't mm-hmm. you can't nail me to that because I just disclaimed. This is just to find out if you're serious. This isn't. Yeah, a- it's the same same thing when you're haggling in the open market. Right. You need to find out if, if this is serious. You don't want to spend money on something. There's no chance it's going to happen. And that's what they're prosecuting him on is those disclaimer estimates. Okay. But then once it gets to the actual loan, they would ask, now this value doesn't match up with your with, with your previous estimates. And he goes, check with the accountants. In other words, they went in and did the due diligence with the banks, came up with the value of the collateral, and then that's what they tied up. They didn't tie up everything he had. Some of the things he listed, like Mar-a-Lago, would have nothing to do with the New York uh, um, settlement, probably. I mean, I mean, a loan, they probably, he was probably using his Manhattan projects as, as collateral. But then he would say, so he had, he had two things. One, it's, it's a, a, a summary of my assets. That's disclaimed. You can't use that to, to borrow money on or lend money on. Then the collateral is actually set. The accountants calculated it. Both accountants for both parties agreed on what the valuation was. They lent the money. He did whatever he was going to do with the money, then paid the loans off. And so he yeah, that's his two responses. It is disclosure, accountants. And guys, it was almost every single question was answered with one of those two things. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> See, the public in general doesn't understand this process at all. And because of that, it's really easy to convince them, oh, he's done something wrong, right? This is shady. But this prosecutor, unless she's just a moron, which is possible, knows this or should have been advised to this by now. And so she's continuing this prosecution because it's good for her politically. Not because she's got a chance in hell of doing it, but in that kangaroo court, she might do it. Yeah, well, that's exactly what she's doing. She's she's this is all political, and and she shows up, the, you know, when the cameras are there. Um, so that's my take on that part of it. I want that's why Dwayne, I wanted to kind of get specific on that to let you know my observations from reading the transcript was that Donald Trump the the problem they had is. He, he wouldn't answer the question because it would be like saying something like this. Um, when you walked to work this morning, did you see that the tree had fallen? Well, I didn't walk to work. I drove. But when you walked to work this morning, did you see the tree yeah. falling? I, uh, I drove. I went down 33. I didn't go 190, 167 today. But when you walked to work this morning, did you see the tree fell? And he, his answer would be accountants or disclosure. Because he didn't, none of that stuff that they were talking about, you know, changing, changing valuation from the disclosures to the, to the uh, actual collateral are two complete different things. And they didn't care. But that judge was getting frustrated. All right. So that's what Glenn was getting ready to talk about. Now, wait, first, before we move from the collateral, Dwayne, now would be the time. Do you, you're, you want to say something about? Mar-a-Lago being 18, that you were saying that that, that, there, that that valuation was ridiculous. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, that's that's a ridiculous undervaluation. I see. 
the opposite. The property's worth a lot more than that. It's probably the most expensive property property down there in Mar Marlago. This beachfront property now. Yeah, it's got apparently it's got water on the front yard and the backyard. You know, you get an ocean or a gulf on one side, the ocean, the gulf or another side, or something to that effect. I don't know. And I believe that the uh, the road makes a ninety degree angle as it comes into it from the mainland and then turns and goes up the coast. So it's kind of like being in a cul-de-sac. Wow. Oh, I see. No traffic. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Someone someone commented that the tennis court at Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million. <laughs> Well, the property next door just sold for over $100 million, and it's not as big. Wow. And that's, yeah, yeah, I got you. So, so what Dwayne was saying, I get your point, Dwayne. That's, thank you for letting me finish that other thought. That's, I see Dwayne's point. Is that that and the eighteen million was the judge's evaluation? Yes, the, the judge is the judge has got to be talked about. I don't know if we want. Are we finished with valuations? Well, I, I do understand that that valuation came from something to do with tax assessment, and the court is just using that foreign state tax assessors listing as evaluation. But as we, as Glenn said, stated earlier. Tax purpose valuation is not the same as loan or purchase price valuation. You you want them to be different. Yeah. You want to pay as low a tax as you can. And if you borrow money, you need as, as the, the collateral to cover as much as loan as you can. I agree. And, and not only that, the tax assessor's office has, just like prosecutors, the ability to make va uh, tax valuations different based upon the interest of the local people. So a tax assessor can say, you know what, that Mar-a-Lago property generates so much other forms of tax revenue for us around here. We're going to give them a low valuation tax assessment on purpose so that they remain healthy, stay in business, stay around because they really contribute to the local economy. I'm, I'm, you know, I know a tax, a former tax assessor. I need to ask this this lady about this sometime. Very good friends with her. We're at Charlotte and I are. Make sure we don't make that little mistake. But anyway, um, the uh, well, look, look at what they were. Look at what you were so upset about that they're trying to do there in rest by waiving the sales tax for your. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They value. They're right. If you go by that, they value yeah. Bucky's. If you go by that, they value Bucky's at zero. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right, so the next thing, let's, let's talk about uh, something Glenn said a lot in that first part, and that's why I'm breaking it down. Uh, he talks about the lawyer for Trump. What do you, you think of her? Uh, okay. She, like you say, she's in not an impossible position, but she said that the judge, you know, when she was just trying to defend her client, basically slapped her down. That's what she said afterwards. I didn't, you know, you don't get to see it. Uh, one thing that is hilarious, I will say, is the, uh, I don't know who the uh, person is drawing the, you know, the courtroom drawings. This person is making all the ladies look like really un not good. And the Trump and all of them look, oh my God, it's like they're male models. <laughs> That is funny. Anyway, oh, are we are we saying are we saying we got a King James there? We may have a King James there who's drawing the drawings. But anyway, <laughs> um, 
Because she's a good-looking woman. She is a very attractive lady. And, you know, he, Trump has been known to want to hire females because he calls them killers. Basically, he says, if they're females in this or this area, they're super aggressive, and that's what I want. Well, they can be. I'm going to let yeah. you know that, that right now, um, I, 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 and, I, and don't you dare think for one minute that I'm complaining about it. I'm not. But women are allowed to be more aggressive in court than men are right now. We, for whatever reason, right. they'll, they'll slam us down quicker than they will a woman. And I don't right. care. I don't care. You, you got to convince. That's all. And also, you know, she's attractive. Doesn't hurt either. And she doesn't get slammed down. But this judge apparently did. According to her. Uh, now, the thing is, she was saying, I can't defend my client. I can't bring a defense. You know, she was kind of arguing that because this judge needs to recuse himself. She didn't say that. But she, you know, basically that's the way she painted it. This judge is very biased. This judge has already decided that Trump's guilty. Well, so, I mean, you know, she it it, it speaks for itself. Recipa, yeah. recipa, at recipa, and it mean that it speaks for itself. Um, the the fact that this judge ruled Mar-a-Lago was only worth eighteen million, and therefore Trump is guilty before the first piece of evidence went in, is right. a little sign of bias, just a tiny bit. We ain't even had a trial yet. We don't even try it. What's that? It's a little bit of bias. A little, little bit. Um, I, I want to. I want to finish this. By the way, I'm not talking about locally here in Ruston. I don't see any difference between women and men being treated that way. But I'm very rarely in court here too. When I go to court, it's usually some other parish. But um, the uh, Wayne, do you have anything more you want to say about that lawyer? Because I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to talk about it when Russell Limbaugh talks. Nothing else to talk about. I um and don't. I heard that <laughs> he was filing motions that were challenging things in the court, and that the judge basically got ticked off and told her, "I don't want you to file any of that stuff. Don't you dare file any of that stuff." I did not know that. That 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 doesn't surprise me. But I, I I will say that my my knowledge is kind of limited to the transcript. Um, what 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 do you know? What those motions were? That interests me tremendously. No, I, I, I I didn't hear the ex- or remember the exact details, but they were definitely challenging the judge on some on the way he was handling the case and some of the just some of the courtroom antics that was going on. Yeah, antics is probably the way the way it sounds like it is again. It's, when you read a cold transcript, you sometimes can't tell what words were emphasized, who hollered, what not. Well, there was one part of it, uh, Dwayne, that, that, that makes me think you probably are right about the motions. I don't know where you got that information, but it, that information sounds right. But there was one part in the trial I had to stop. In fact, I, 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 I read it three different ways to Charlotte last night. We were in bed. Um, and we were not hanky-panky in Glenn. I know you always worry about those things. But we were just in bed. And I, I, I read a portion of the transcript three different ways with different, you know, different emphasis on them. But there was one place where um, um, the, the judge, the, the judge, oh, excuse me, um, Trump's lawyer, she um, she got up and made an objection and the judge responded back. And she says, I have that right. And I'm not yelling. OK, which tells me the judge yelled at her. Okay, so apparently she you have to read her her question or her objection in a soft voice 
then the the judge I read later in that part of the transcript and if they should have put judge slams table okay so apparently she makes her objection he slams the tell the table and tells her to to sit down and she says i have a right to make an objection and i'm not hollering so that judge was clearly in my mind frustrated with the way things were going that day i think with you yes and and i think if you ask me because in latitha or whatever her name is shows up is it Latutha? Latitha? Um, Letitia. Letitia. Oh, I thought it was Tetha. Um, Letitia showed up for that day, and I think they were expecting to control Trump with yes, no questions that should be responded with a yes, no, but the prosecutor or the person for the, I think I talked about this earlier, didn't know how to control a witness like this. But it was frustrating them because they d- literally could not pin him. He saw the difference. He knew going in, he either needed to say disclosure or accountants. He knew that, that one was accountants, one was disclosure. One was accountants, one was disclosure. So when they would ask the question, he didn't answer yes, no. The, read the disclosure is recognized in every court. Check with the accountants. Uh, check with the accountants. Did, they did their due diligence. Did you see in the transcripts where the judge said something about uh, Trump being a broken record? I did not see that. I heard that the the judge mentioned something about Donald Trump's testimony was rambling on and he sounded like a broken record. And then I heard Donald Trump later say, I don't believe it was in open court or in our testimony. I might have been at, at a recess or afterwards that he said, yeah, the reason I sounded like a broken record was because they kept asking the same question over and over. And so I kept giving the same answers. Exactly. They did never. They never got him to say. Yeah, I said one thing once and another thing another. He wouldn't say that. He would go, this is a disclosure. Got it? This is a disclosure. It's recognized in every court. Can't be used to value or or approve it alone. This is, and then they would go, and then when they would talk about the other one, this is an accounting thing. I have accountants who get that down to the, you know, to the penny. I don't do that. Talk to the accountants. It almost seems like they're trying to Chinese waterboard a fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to work, this technique with him. Yeah. Oh, no, no. He was prepared, and and the guy's brilliant. That's all I can say. He really is a smart guy. This isn't a mistake, and they're making a mistake underestimating his brilliance. The guy is smart. I mean, when I read that, and he has a good attorney. she's She's a very, very good attorney. Everybody talks about him not having good attorneys. He has one here. Now, the very interesting thing to me was was what Doc, what Glenn brought up a little bit was about that lawyer and the things she said after court. And as a lawyer, hearing a another lawyer criticize a judge in an open case as with with animation, and you can't um, interpret her words any other than that judge is crooked. And that then that prosecutor, that that AG is crooked. And that that tells me something. A lawyer that good willing to do that. They've got something on that judge that she would not do that. And she didn't know she can quiet him. She knows he can't sanction her. She knows it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But she's got something that that judge knows she has. And she's he's not saying anything. He's going, so you're saying she used a code to let him know something? I, 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 I don't know if it's in chambers. She said 
you know, judge, <laughs> you can't keep doing this. And this is why I don't know what that why is. Um, I just know there's no way she came out of that courtroom spitting fire like that, specifically at a judge, not just a sitting judge, a judge sitting on her case. And she that she went after him. <laughs> I mean, you can hear her. If you haven't seen that video, watch that video. That's what Glenn was about to talk about. She ripped that judge a new one, man. <laughs> yeah, predetermined something about the pod that he predetermined. Yeah, he was guilty. Yeah, she talks. Yeah, she talks about. Yeah, yeah, he found him guilty before the trial started. Literally, remember that. Yeah, and she went after him, and then she said, "You know, he's this judge is definitely biased." That's when I heard that. I went as a lawyer. Whoa. <laughs> And then she went off on, and then she went off on the politics of uh, Latitha. I know it's Latisha. Go ahead, Dwayne. Well, between Trump's lawyer and Donald Trump's testimony, the the judge said something in court that just blew my mind. That got reported on. He's he told the Trump's lawyer, "Please control your client. If you won't, I will. I don't want to hear from him." Yes, yeah, she. I don't want to hear him talk about his, you know his case or whatever. And she come back and said that that's exactly what we're here is to present yep. a defense. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to him. Yep, yep, yep. It. But what was frustrating him again, though? I know I'm going on like a broken record myself. What was frustrating him then was that the right answer each time was either going to be disclosure or accountants, and they couldn't move him. You know, but they, but, but when you read it, let me tell you something. If you read it cold transcript and don't try to put in, hey, who was screaming here and who was, just read it. It sounded like he was answering the questions. It did. But, well, you know, it was. Right, right. So, so he, but, but who knows? He might have been going, ah, read the disclosures. Hold up and ever You know, you, you know, telling how he was saying it, what his, his accents were or his emphases were. I don't know. But he, when you read it, he would go, okay, that's a disclosure. If you read it like that, okay, that's a disclosure. That's held up in every court because you don't use that to devalue how much the loan's going to be. Okay, that, yeah, good. Exactly. You're right, prosecutor. That's what the accountants came up with on the value after the loan was, when, while the loan was being approved. And he would do it every single time. But it didn't look bad on the record. It looked like he was trying to tell them which ones were the disclosures and which one of them were the valuations. You see what I'm saying? It looked like it looked like he was helping them. <laughs> sort of said when you read it, Cole Tretzker was like, yeah, okay. Because I'm telling you, I understood it after reading. I did not understand the case until yesterday when I read the transcripts. And then I went, okay, I get the, I get it. Thank you, Mr. Trump. His the lawyer didn't have to say much. He didn't. She didn't. She didn't have to say much. He, 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 her, she she can she uh gave him accolades after and said she's never had a um a client testify on his behalf as well as Donald Trump did. I, I may agree with that. It was that good. They could Are you he, talking he, about one of the best influence. Yeah, I mean he, he understood his case. Yeah. He understood his case. He understood it for the most persuasive people maybe on the planet. Yeah. That was a bad day. Well, I say a bad day. They got accomplished what they wanted. They've tied him up at you know in court. Now the really funny thing, this is this is gonna be just thrown out there because that's all I have really on the trial. If there's something else you want to say about it, we can, but but I 
I, I want to move on to the politics side of it if you're ready. Yeah. Okay. The the whole idea of this lawfare was to break him. Well, he's I think he's rich enough he could afford these lawyers, and I think he's told this lawyer if you have any trouble with with ethics, you know, that probably will file an ethics complaint against her, but I think she'll succeed, but I think he's taken care of her. That's not it. This is what I was going to say. Their idea would be to, to drag him down money and time. You can't, you know, you're, you're going to be in court four, five, six different places, and and so you're not going to be able to campaign. You're not going to be able to go out. Well, first of all, courts aren't open on weekends, and that guy must have unlimited energy because he works up these huge crowds on Fridays and Saturdays, just so big you can't, you know, it's just crazy how big his crowds are. But not even he doesn't even need that. This this is backfiring on him. The more they're the more they take him to court, the more popular he gets. Yeah, they're starting to say that too because David Axelrod, David Axelrod, top Democratic operative, uh, has floated the idea that uh, that Biden needs to step down and let someone else do it for the twenty twenty four campaign. Well, that's a, that that's a, a kind of a little bit different topic, but yeah, I think that they know that they're in trouble with with Biden. Yeah. But I am. I want to say that I'm that I be, truly believe uh, at least the ones that have gotten anywhere the um, the the New York litigation. This what we we're talking about today. I think that that backfired on them yesterday in a big way. I don't care how the news tries to cover it. Um, he became more popular. Trump became more popular yesterday than less, more accepted, more liked than less, and. Did you see, guys, that uh, my prediction about the trial date next May in Florida has been upset and it's going to be put sometime after the uh, election? And remember um, Levin, what's his name? Mark Levin, is that his name? Mark Levin. Levin. He ripped into uh, that judge saying she should never have said it in May. And I went, for somebody who's supposed to be an expert in federal litigation, how could you not know that in a whole country, when something gets filed, either an indictment or a plant complaint or whatever, a computer sets that trial date. And then the judge, a live person, after AI may botch it like it did here, then the judge comes in and says, no, we can't have that. May, it won't work. That's how it works. But they start with the computer generator. And I knew it would get, there was no way that thing was going. And then Glenn will tell you, I don't know if you were on yet at that time, Dwayne or not, but I said, it's not, it's not a question. That trial's not happening in May. You know, but anyway, she, she looks like to me that that case is crumbling before trial. Mm -hmm. That one's getting bad for him. Uh, Did you, first of all, there's no question that the Biden White House was being consulted prior to the indictments. And, and Jack Smith has told the court that's that, that that the White House has had nothing to do with it, and that's a lie. He 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 said to the that's a lie to the court. It's it's been proven. It's not it's not maybe the DOJ went to the White House and met on it. It did happen, and they discussed which papers should be considered classified, which ones not, which ones should we use in the trial, and which ones should not. It the Biden White House is right in the middle of it, which is not that big of a surprise. But when when Smith lied about it, that is something, and he lied to a you know a Trump appointed judge. So, well, from what I understand, isn't it kind of like staying your ground? So you shoot somebody, 
and you have a valid defense with like a stand your ground state, say like Florida. And one of the first legal processes before you have the trial over the murder is the is the stand your ground defense valid. And if so, then everything else just vaporizes. And if they filed all this stuff and wanted to pretend like the Presidential Records Act doesn't exist, wouldn't that be similar in that the minute you bring it up and you prove that that is a controlling interest, then then everything else vaporizes. All their complaints, arguments, and everything goes away. Right, right, right. And and uh, yeah, I, that yeah, that's just said as well as it could be said. That's exactly right. So so now the Georgia litigation, we were we were we were. Victoria and I just always decide the topic on um, what's going to be played next Monday. We do it on Wednesday. I don't, I'm not hiding is uh, an issue with Jim. Jim being able to podcast only on Mondays on the non secular. But we were going to cover at first. We were thinking about covering that um, executive order on artificial intelligence. But yeah, but something came up that was better. Um, one of the defendants in the Georgia litigation. That's the trying to um, interfere with an election, the RICO, you know, the, yeah, Rico. Trump's running the mafia. Uh, the only black defendant who was the only one also that was incarcerated for a few days, the rest of them were photographed and released, but they put the black guy in jail. Um, he, he has filed um, some subpoenas. He's in subpoena is a order. That you you ask the court to order certain things either be produced or someone to appear, and he's asked for uh, both exculpatory and non-exculpatory evidence on election irregularities. Now it goes into detail. I did read a lot of them, but they, it goes into some detail what it wants. But basically, the, the here's what's going on: Jack Smith's people when they drafted the the indictment, or the, I guess that was a yeah, it was an indictment. It was it was a grand jury. When they drafted it, they listed hundreds and hundreds of times that there is no evidence of election irregularities. They say it over and over again. And so in order to prove their case, they got that they, they, these Trump Rico defendants had to have colluded to try to overthrow an election that was not contested. That's <laughs> That's what they're doing. And after you see it, I think it's like maybe into the more more than 500 times when you add of all of the defendants, how many times they said that it was not contested. There's no evidence of fraud. So he has filed a subpoena. He asked for a subpoena requesting all of the information on whether it was you know, of, of election irregularities. Well, two things came out of this. One is they tried to quash it. Meaning they tried to say that you can't have that subpoena. That's the hearing that's coming up. We were gonna we were gonna go through that tomorrow, but she's sick. I don't know if she'll be able to come on or not. But um um the other thing that came out though was they had to admit it. Admit that some of it was deleted. So they they so so the things that they're trying to quash, they still have, but if they deleted it, they had to admit it was deleted. That to me, you know, that doesn't. That's not a good look. <laughs> no, not at all. And so we were going to cover that tomorrow, and if and which would be aired next Monday. 
um if she's well we'll do it tomorrow but um yeah that's a that's an interesting twist on that one so that that would leave the 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 weakest of them and that's that one where um he paid um stormy daniels horse face with with um personal funds instead of campaign funds (laughs) funniest thing (laughs) that would be the one that's left out there anyway it's interesting the litigation going on on this thing and and hope we can get on that on that subpoena tomorrow i think that's an, an exciting topic but all i guess i get to sum it up with and you can guys can have the last word on it i think that that this is backfiring on them in a big way yeah i think it is because it's so you know stupid but the thing is you still have approximately half the electric electorate who isn't really paying attention to this and think he's a criminal yeah there are people who are out there that you're not going to convince. Yeah, I know that. But but the question is 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 is, is I, here's the thing. I think the American people by and large see through all this. That's what I think. Even with the with the press hounding relentlessly, and it is interesting to to see what the press has to say about these things. Well, the more important uh, than, than than this topic with Trump, by far more important to this country and to the health of this country is whether or not salt causes prediabetes. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think red meat causes diabetes. I, th- I think it's backwards science. <laughs> Here's what I mean. Uh, they're getting the causation backwards. What they're saying is people with consume all the salt have prediabetes. They don't say they're also 450 pounds each, um, you know, and they eat all this other stuff that happens to be salted. <laughs> yeah, you know? I got you. So unhealthy people are being studied. And yes, they have prediabetes. And yes, they have salt because salt is really yummy. And, uh, you know, so that's to me <laughs> what you're talking about is backwards. I, I agree with you, but with a slightly different twist. <clears throat> so if if you're diabetic or beginning to creep into the territory of di- diabetes where your blood glucose levels are higher than they should be, your kidneys will try to compensate and you will try to urinate out that excess sugar out of your blood. And when you do, you're also getting rid of a lot of salt. So it depends upon what they're trying to study. Is it your salt in your blood? Is it the salt in your urine? Um, I have type 2 diabetes, and I also have the um, kissing cousin to that, high blood pressure. So they often come in pairs because your kidneys are often uh, – your, your kidneys are also one of the biggest blood pressure regulator organs in your body. Hmm. And um, I had a doctor that convinced me, Dwayne, you really need to cut back on your salt. And when I explained, I am the cook in the house. I control the salt that goes in our food. We don't do box stuff. We make stuff by scratch. And I'm not a big fan of salt. I don't salt my food at the table in the plate very much. And I certainly don't salt very much while I'm cooking. I try to use alternatives that are not salt-based. And so I already have a low salt intake. I'm like, no, you really need to cut all this out. Um, You know, those diet sodas that you drink, you need to cut them out just drink water. So I did so for six months. 
and I got I had to go to the emergency room because, because I got dehydrated so bad for three days I was drinking liters and liters of water. I knew I was dehydrated and I could not get rehydrated. And when I went to the emergency room and they checked, they said, "Yeah, Dwayne, you're uh, you're definitely dehydrated, but you also almost are missing your salts in your body." So those sodas that I was drinking about four a day, diet sodas were my primary form of sodium intake. And when I cut them out, I started getting ill. How how old are you, Dwayne? uh, 57. Same as the Super Bowl. (laughs) Well, now I know. Well, you you know, um, my, my anecdotal is that I don't ever remember a time where I got ill after I consumed a lot of salt. If I go several weeks eating a lot of salt, it doesn't seem to affect me. But if I go several weeks eating a lot of sugar, then I get sick. I get fat. Mm-hmm. I get I get unhealthy. Different things happen to mm-hmm. me. To me, and I'm and this and I mean this with all my heart. I know that some people can eat sugar and it doesn't affect them at all. But if I eat a lot of sugar, it affects me. But if I eat a lot of salt, it does not. And I can eat a lot of salt for three weeks before I go see a doctor, and it doesn't affect. My blood pressure it doesn't affect anything. Apparently, my body does fine with salt. You know? Well, they'll, they'll tell you, uh, nutritionists will tell you that water follows salt. And so what that means is you will retain more water if you take in more salt. Makes sense. So a lot of, a lot of people that overdo salt um, will swell up. Mm, yep. I get you, I, but I saw that. That's the reason I brought it up, and, and Dr. Green commented on it, and it's like you. He thinks that the study was flawed. It doesn't. Is that comparing apples and oranges? I think is how he kind of put it. But um, I, fi- I found it interesting, and, and really, uh, it's kind of a theme with us on this podcast is that when the government comes out with some kind of study, you know, okay, do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's kind of like, uh, what was that, covid um, tests you have the molecular PCR that's considered the gold standard, but um, the antigen test. When I started trying to study why does the antigen test was so much cheaper and can be done at home, it's more convenient, and yet it's the one that you get false positives and false negatives on the most. When I researched it in a very long roundabout way after reading a dozen pages on it by CDC's guidelines. It basically said that 60% of the time it's going to give you the wrong result wow. for the antigen test. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. Let, let me understand this. That means if I use the home antigen test or I go somewhere that's doing the cheap antigen test, like downtown New Orleans before I get on a flight during that time, I want it to say the opposite of what I need it to say because more times than not, it will be the opposite of the truth. <laughs> and so the PCR, the molecular PCR is the gold standard because it's accurate up in the high 90s. But it's more expensive and it takes a little longer to do the test. So that just lets you know when people are saying, I just tested positive. Well, which test? Because if you tested positive with an antigen, that means you're probably negative. Oh, I've been saying how long people have the flu. They test positive often enough that I just don't trust it. Now, I just gave a clip of it, but I saw that 
there was a study, and I don't know how they did it. I can't tell you how they they found their subjects. I don't know, but forty four percent of the people who got um, the vaccine got gout. Now, what I want to know is what percentage of people have gout. <laughs> I don't even know. It's not telling me anything. Well, twenty. How many of those people drank a lot? Yeah, <laughs> I was going like. This tells me nothing, nothing. I mean, I just, I laughed because, because I didn't take the vaccine and I'm, anytime someone gets something, I laugh because hey, you got gout because of vaccine, <laughs> but you probably would have gotten it anyway. What, what percentage of people do get gout? Is it high? I, I had it once when I, a long, long time ago when I was in my late thirties, I got it. Yeah, that's painful stuff, man. Painful. My dad had it because he drank so much, but yeah, I don't drink. So that's not it. Um, you know, I do, I do absolutely love asparagus, and I have found out that that is something that can cause it. Supposedly, I, I could eat asparagus every day, so who knows what it caused it? But I mean, I got it. And I want to tell you something. I don't. I'll laugh about it when you're done. I won't laugh at you while you got it because that it feels that's painful. <clears throat> you know, Henry VIII had it. Um, it's 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 painful, but then but again, you know why Henry VIII got it, don't you? Because he got the vaccine. There you go. <laughs> There's people blaming that vaccine on everything. So I want everybody to know. I don't buy either side. I don't think the tests are accurate. I don't think everybody's getting COVID. I think they had the flu. That's just my opinion. But if you get a cold after you get the vaccine, don't associate it to the vaccine. If you get gout afterwards, don't associate it with the vaccine. I'm like Glenn. Are you doing something else? You eat too much asparagus? Are you drinking too much? Or have you ever had it, guys? No, my dad did, but no, I haven't ever. Have you had it, uh, Dwayne? No, I sure haven't, hey, buddy. You don't want it. You don't want it. It's painful, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here with John Hafley, my my best friend from high school, had it recently. It, it's not funny, but it, it, what is funny is they're blaming it on the vaccine. There's you can't. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I'm, it's, you can't, you know, and, 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 and I've said this before, Glenn was in the restaurant business and I was constantly defending the restaurant business. Someone would eat something at a rest, eat something at the restaurant. And then that night they would get sick and they would blame it on what they ate at the restaurant. Because no, no matter what, if you get the stomach virus, there was a last meal before the stomach virus. You can't, you can't blame it on the hot dog. You can't blame it on the bacon. You can't blame it on the hamburger. You just got the stomach virus. But everybody, you know what I'm talking about, Glenn? Everybody wants to blame it on the yes. last food they hate. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that's that. Now, I got to, you know, there's some topics that Glenn wanted to talk about. Obama comments on Hamas conflict. Conflict, yes. Uh, former President uh, Barack Obama was in the Barack Obama, you know, he has some foundation for democracy. Um, and he made comments. To the effect that although the Hamas attack on the Israelis was horrific, uh, the and he really just really danced around this, that we have contribution and Israel has contribution to why that happened. So, um, you know, the weaseliest language I've ever heard. I think it was word salad like, but it was basically saying, uh, it's Israel's and America's fault why Hamas attacked. How? He, he didn't specify, but that's his thoughts. So think about it for a minute. 
he feels he wants to say I'm for Palestine because, well, I guess that's cool in his circles. And he knew he couldn't say the attack was, you know, no big deal, even though he sees it that way, because basically he's anti-Semitic, in my opinion. The fact that he would say that, you know, basically people who are trying to defend themselves, you know, and all this, this stuff about Israel, you know, occupied, you know, he calls an occupation. Uh, it's, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what the history is. It's who has it and who can defend it. And right now that's Israel. So, you know, if everybody loves these Palestinians so much, but they don't want them in there next door because they've got a virus in their mind that is dangerous. Uh, Palestinians, I will say, in general, they hate any group that has any affiliation or any part with Israel or Jewish people. And so if you're even sympathetic to Jewish people, they hate you. So that's a virus no one wants. Even Egypt, Syria, all the nations around there could take these refugees, give them homes. They have plenty of money to do it, but they don't because they know they're going to try to destroy their country. So in that regard, Obama's trying to say we're responsible for that. And he says we. What I'm saying is he needs to insert, insert he instead of we. I got you. I got so, you. You know, even if you voted for Obama, did you expect him to give Iran all that money to not, you know, get nuclear weapons and then sponsor terrorism around the world? Did you, you know, did you expect him to say Afghanistan was the war that we should fight and then find out it wasn't the war we should fight and keep it going for 20 years because he didn't know how to get out of it, didn't want to get out of it? And have the metric, you know, the visual that, you know, Biden had. Um, well, you know, so, well, Dwayne said something before we started. Dwayne, you, maybe you could, because I want to fill it in because he's right where you were talking about. Dwayne said something to the effect of, um, mm, now it slipped. Dang it. I should have I should written it down. The Trump Charlottesville comment that he never really said. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Explain that. So the it was all over the news. The lamestream media trying to put Trump out to dry said that it, for the Charlottesville comment, when when he said there was there was bad actors or bad things on both sides. That's all you heard was the tag headline, the messaging that went out on that. And I guess that's equivalent to saying all lives matter because you're devaluating the black lives that are supposed to be highlighted to save lives. And so when he said both sides did wrong, um, he, he must have been racist when he said it. And as you pointed out earlier, that's not really what he said. If they would have put the whole quote out there, it would have been clear the side he was taking. Yeah. And, and Barack Obama, using words salad speak, basically said the same thing about uh, the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas, that there's blame on both sides. And then he goes beyond that, like Glenn said, well, there's blame on everybody. The whole world's at fault. We all have fault in that. And I'm like, don't put me in that category. Yeah, I gotcha. send a plain load of pallets <laughs> of cash to Iran. That's it. That's what you said. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You and Big and Mike. Do, do even people who voted for Obama 
have any culpability in what he decided when they didn't know what, you know, you can't read a mind right. when you vote. Right. 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 And you might dis- disagree with even, you might agree with every single thing he's ever said or done except that. So does that make you responsible? A good rhetorical question, but yeah, I, I get you. I get you. Um, I, uh, uh, can we move on? Cause we're running out of time. Do you mind? Yeah. All right. Uh, Charlotte sent me some, some guy, some guy named, there was a guy named, uh, Jack Prozac. Is that his name? Huh? Jack Prozac. Pro- I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Is he current or the guy? He's current. current. I'm misspeaking. I'm misspeaking his name on purpose. Pozoziak or yeah. what's his name? We call him. We, I don't know. Posobiec. 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 Yeah, I'm terrible at his name. Is, he, is he a legit blo- um, podcaster, newsman, whatever? Or is he is he respected? Yes, he's okay. legit. And he is, now I got to put coast down a little bit. He was a CIA agent. Okay. So he was for China. Charlotte, China. Charlotte sends me this text from November 5th. Remember, remember. Okay. Here's what Prozac said. After Tesla died, not the company, the man Tesla, the FBI confiscated his notes and have never released the full files. It is said Tesla spent his last 10 years working on time travel. The last person to see the Tesla files was an MIT professor, John G. Trump, the uncle of Donald Trump. Draw your own conclusions. Somebody draw some conclusions here. Uh. The reason Trump looks good is he keeps time traveling. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I, I have no opinion yet. I, I'd have to think about that. <laughs> she hit me maybe, with it. Maybe that's where he gets his energy. Maybe. <laughs> uh, she sent me that. Charlotte sent me that right as I was getting ready to start podcasting. And um, I, I found that interesting because I knew that Doc, Listen to him, and Doc said that this guy has a lot of inside information, and you know, you obviously can't trust anybody all the time, right? But anyway, I don't know what to think. Well, then she, during the podcast, she sends me this one from a guy named. It's coming up. It's I got the what you call that little circle, Paul Powell Z Z Y K. Whoa, check something, Powell Zek check. This is what he says. After World War II, the famous physicist Robert Van de Graaff co-initiated the High Voltage Engineering Corporation with Donald Trump's uncle, John G. Trump. So we're back to that guy, John G. During the 1978 interview, MIT professor John G. Trump said, I abandoned the design of electricity, electric machinery and began studying the insulation of high voltages in vacuum. Van de Graaff was very interested in vacuum and the, interested in vacuum and the accelerated acceleration of heavy particles to high energy. The acceleration of heavy particles is basically what the Large Hadron Hadron Collider at CERN does. Professor Stephen Hawkins argued in 2010 that particle accelerators and the Large Hadron Collider is the world's largest and most powerful particle accelerator. Now, tech's involved in this. Louisiana Tech is. Are close to time machine. Imagine that the train left the station on January 1st, 2050, it circles the Earth over and again for 100 years before finally coming to a halt in, on New Year's Day in 2050. The passengers will only have lived one week because time has slowed down that much in the train. 
when they got out, they'd find a very different world from what they left. In one week, they'd have traveled 100 years in the future. Of course, the building of a train that could reach such a speed is quite impossible. We have something very like that train in Oral Lodge Park. Isn't it interesting? You can draw your own conclusions. I don't know what conclusions to draw on that one either. Well, time travel happens all the time. We have right. certain radiation from space that's traveling near the speed of light, and these certain particles are um, the the theory and the science behind them that they don't last but a certain amount of time, and so they, in theory, shouldn't make it all the way down to the ground, but they do, and it wasn't until somebody finally put two and two together and realized, oh, well, the reason they make it down to the ground is because of the speed they're traveling. Time operates at a different flow for them, and so for them it's the shorter time, but for us, it's the longer period of time so they're making right. it to the ground. So, it, it, the, uh, You're the just talking about relativity. Huh? Do what? You were talking about relativity, right? I mean, if there's... Yeah, the, the, yeah, the relativity part of uh, time travel, right. this time frame. Same thing with GPS satellites. If it wasn't for our... Um, our military constantly tweaking those things every day, they would be useful within just a matter of a day. I didn't know it was that quick. I knew they had to constantly adjust them. All right. Well, anyway, the interesting thing is, is both of them were saying John G. Trump was involved in it. And the hint is that, that maybe Trump is, is from the future or the past or has gone to the future and come back or something is what they're hinting. at. Um, I don't, I don't, I absolutely don't have any opinion on it other than it's entertaining. <laughs> Sounds like a Friday discussion. <laughs> All right. So another quick topic. We're, we're out of time. But I got to hit this topic real quick. Um, Elon says that we're not going to have anything to do once AI gets really kicked off. Um, to me, to me, he needs to stick to space travel. Um, I'm, I'm, I wanted to have a more of a discussion. Well, you know, I know that Glenn is more in line with Elon than I am. So, Glenn, I'll give you first word because I want to smash you like a roach. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. If, if you think about the Gronk, which is the new AI, he's, it's been in work, works for a while. The thing about Gronk, Gronk's going to have no restriction, as I understand it, on when it can look up information. Like not before 1971, it's going to be no, whenever. Also, if I'm understanding correctly, Grok will have unfettered access to X, formerly known as Twitter, and everything that's been said on it. Um, it's also a little different than a large language model, but I'm not sure about that. But even if it was just a large language model, think about that for a minute. That thing could basically, you know, here's what a lot of people want AI to do is say, hey, uh, I've got a bunch of uh, paperwork that needs to go to my doctor. Can you fill it out for me? Send it in. And if you've got any questions, just, you know, ring me here on X and keep it secret, please. And then it does it. All right. But that's, that's not what he's saying. He's saying AI is going to do all the jobs. There's going to be no jobs left. That's what, that's what he says. He says there's no jobs. He's, he said the AI, once it gets kicked in, it will do everything and there won't be any left any jobs for it. It will be able to perform all of our jobs. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Okay. That's 
you know, I don't know that is that what he meant, or does did he just say we will have nothing to do soon as AI kicks in? Of course, that's always the risk of of an interview or a statement is that there's yeah. there's more context. That's always a problem. So I will I say think, that I think there's a lot more context to that. My my opinion would be there's all sorts of jobs we all know in this room or in our podcast here that basically are to be done by a sophisticated AI robot, right? In other words, you know, I don't, like I said, filling out forms is a mind-numbing thing. I have to do it because I'm old and I'm I'm going to a doctor a lot. So that's mind-numbing. I would so like something to do that. Driving, for instance. There's sometimes I want to drive somewhere, but most of the time I could get a lot done if I could just have something else driving, right? And I don't have to get a person involved in that. Um, you know, there's all sorts of smaller jobs that we do every day that we think, you know, well, that's, you know, important to do and everything. And it is. But wouldn't you rather have a robot that could go in and go up to the highest peak of a uh, tower and put in the light bulb instead of a guy? No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not going to replace some jobs or most jobs. I mean, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say it will replace current jobs, perhaps. Even, but uh, yeah, but let's just go. Let's just go in. Let's just go into mine. Let's picture the legal field without lawyers. Are we going to have Google's AI up against? Um, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to. have. And then we're going to have a judge that's that's Microsoft's because you're replacing we're them all. You're replacing them all. AIs. That's what we're going to have. Okay, some humans uh, got to be there. I agree. I agree, James. I'm not saying the humans are out of it. I don't think that's what he said. I'll be honest. You know, I don't think he wants to replace humans' jobs. He doesn't want to do that at all. Okay. And I do want to make uh, this clear. I want to make this clear. I use AI here. Um, I use competing AI because some of them are better at one thing. One of them is better at one thing and one's better at the other. They are, one of them, the Google one, is already hooked to the internet. So that's there. Um, the but But I will say I don't want to go back. I'm a better lawyer with it than I was without it. So I don't have any doubt that it's going to start replacing maybe even associate lawyers. I don't know. Uh, the, but, but I do know. I think what Elon was trying to say is that you give any job, pick any job that you want to, he believes there will be a time when AI can perform that job. Can. And then our jobs will be what's after that. You know, think about, you know, industrial evolution and think about um when we when we remember i remember hearing this about the internet exact thing you were saying uh and that we would be paperless now a lot of things are starting to become paperless but it's amazing how much paper is being still made um and maybe more than ever so you know we talk about all these things you know there's more horses in the united states right now than there was at any time in history, yet people don't use them as their main companions, you know, but people still like horses. So, you know, I think we're going to, it's going to be a difference at that point. There's going to be, we're going to have a creativity uh, is going to be what you've talked about this change. AI is going to take the mundane away. They're not going to be able to take the part of human that is creative. Yeah, yeah, that here's a, yeah, another way. Maybe something close to it, yeah. but it won't be the same. And people will pay more for a human. Yeah. The, 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 here's the thing that, that I know that 
it, it, it was a lesson. I probably one of the books Glenn gave me um, later earlier in my life. But I know this, that there's a reason why there is not hopscotch in the Olympics. And it's because it's fun as a kid, but not really satisfying. But there is satisfaction in learning to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour at the exact place you want to throw it with movement where it moves down and in or moves down and out. There's satisfaction in getting good at that. Nobody's going to want to see AI play baseball. No one's going to want to see that. Now, I know you're saying that they watch, that people watch video games, but it's humans playing video games. It's not machines. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, James, 100%. Yeah. You know, they don't want to watch a computer play a video game. Right. So, so when we, yeah, exactly. So if they, if, if they take away, now it's not probably, I don't think this, they're going to have to hurry to, to finish it in my life because I'm definitely on the way out uh, from being a lawyer, but I absolutely love what I do and it's satisfying. I, I don't get up dreading it. It's, it's just the most awesome thing in the world to know that that's what I'm going to get to do that day. Satisfying. It's not, it's not just, it's not fun all the time at all. In fact, sometimes it's absolutely not fun, but satisfying. Yes. Humans want to do things that satisfy them. That's why something like drugs doesn't work. You're not going to get anywhere being a drug addict because there's nothing satisfactory in that. So the computers are going to be able to replace a lot of jobs, but humans are going to be looking for something that satisfies them. And that's going to be outside of a computer or maybe in conjunction with a computer. But there's no way that those kind of headlines scare me. And I agree with you. It's a headline. I don't think that's what Elon's saying. I don't don't think he said all what he meant. Right. So anyway, look, this is my advice for anybody. If you if you doing something that's repetitive or you don't like it to do it at all, but it's part of your job, try AI and see if it helps you through it. It it does me. I don't like rewording paragraphs, but I can I could play with it, I could prompt it and, and and I have to take it may take five, ten minutes, but it's satisfying. That's now I'm saying exactly what I want to say. It's like that's what right there. That's what I wanted to say. See what I'm saying? And there were times I had I run out of time. I don't have time to get that sentence just right. But AI hey, can do it in seconds. It can reword it. Do you like this one? No. Let's try this then. No, that's not really what I'm saying because you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, I'll say something like this. You're not, you're not really, uh, in, you're not emphasizing the word permanent. I need permanent. This is, this sentence is trying to say this is permanent. Oh, okay. What about this? That's closer. You see what I'm saying? And, and it works. Yeah, and, and, and if you did that with a human. They would, they would shoot point, you. You just say, okay, that's fine. Yep. They, they, or either that or they say, would you stop? You know, this morning, this morning, I took a part. I, I, don't, even, I don't even know how I know this song because I've never heard of Patti Smith. But Patti Smith has a song about um, that she sang with Don Henley. And it came up on my, on my YouTube and I watched it. I didn't even ask for it. I just put it up there. And she was talking about, um, what, but she was talking about something and it, she used improper grammar. And so I wasn't really sure what she was trying to say. You see what I'm saying? I, the, point I'm make, the point I'm making is I, I would drive, and I told Charlotte that, and it drove her crazy. She said, James, it's a song. You see what I'm saying? You, humans aren't going to want to get into that. And if you're into making sure your sentence says exactly what you want to say, you're going to irritate who you're working with. We've got to fly. We're running, we've run out of time. But listen, George Floyd, and, and um, you want to talk about this Thursday? We got the we got the uh, yeah, yeah. we got Thursday. George Floyd. We got the the Lacey things manifesto. 
um, that you know that came out. And then we wanted—I so wanted to talk about Netanyahu and security responsibility for Gaza. I guess we'll have to talk about it Tuesday, guys. We're out of time. Yeah. Is there anything that you guys need to conclude or wrap up on this particular podcast? No, other than I agree with y'all that the uh, artificial intelligence will always be humans in some way, shape, or form. So even though you can maybe make a robot and give it the artificial intelligence to perform a function, it won't be practical for everything a human does to do all that effort to produce that robot and to program it with that AI. It's, it's just not practical. Uh, thank you. And, and that means something coming from you and Glenn, because, you know, I'm just being a philosopher on this thing. And, 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 and I appreciate that. And I listen, both of you, um, you make the morning fly. I appreciate it. Appreciate our listeners. I appreciate the comments. If you have not listened to our, our podcast on Justice Chase getting uh, his impeachment process, I cannot. I know it's my our podcast. I do believe you're going to learn something. You some things you've never known before if you get into that podcast. And, and so I'm trying to promote that podcast. Please share that one. Um, if you're a friend of mine. Please try to get because I like it. I think I really do believe that podcast says something about impeachment that is relevant to today. And 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 that happened in the early 1800s. Uh, it was a good podcast, I think. And I think that the I, only thing I learned so much during that podcast because I did not know any of that. I felt like I had been cheated by my in my American history education. Uh-huh. And so please listen to it. I would like you to, if you're a friend of mine, please do that and try to share it. Now, the last thing is this, is that we came to the conclusion at that time that Justice Chase, uh, none of that would have happened if we had had PJ's coffee at the time. Well, I can guarantee, you know, they had a little bit of tea, but they hadn't made that switch to delicious coffee. And if they had, and they had it in Clark, Louisiana, in that wonderful environment inside, they would have had beautiful music. They would have had interaction with other folks. They would have had a great crew of people who were very nice and delicious pastries, sandwiches, breakfast and lunch, saps, chips, all natural Red Bull. And of course, the most delicious coffee on the planet. And, and a real true testimony is Charlotte absolutely loves those pods that you gave her because she loves that coffee. So apparently there is some real something really special about PJ's coffee. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow with a podcast that's non-secular. We'll be talking about prophecy. Thank you guys. We'll be yeah. bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.